may have noticed in your bulletin, the uh, title for our time together during these minutes is Completing the Assignment. Uh, assignments are an important part of our lives. Uh, as was mentioned, my wife and I finished uh, 30 years with the International Mission Board uh, last November. We thought we were going to be spending uh, five or six or seven more years with them. Uh, and then we were asked to come back to our alma mater to teach uh, and then to uh, direct a mission center there. And so, uh, this semester, uh, uh, one of the assignments that I gave to one of the classes, I'm particularly interested to see how well they respond to it, because the new text that I assigned was something that I had written. So, I'm really curious if it's going to come across positive or not. We'll wait and see how the new assignment goes. Uh, since we've been in Shawnee, I've had the opportunity to, to meet several times with a, a young man who's a retired corporal, he's young in comparison to us, okay, to a young man who's a retired corporal, uh, I'm sorry, a, a colonel, excuse me, excuse me, a retired colonel uh, with the U.S. Army, and as we meet together, he uses the word assignments to describe uh, his times in Iraq or his times in Afghanistan, uh, assignments. Um, Last night, after a wonderful time of fellowship, my wife and I um, happened to be going back and forth between uh, a football game and the uh, World Series. And so uh, on, on, on a certain play that involved a team from uh, this state, uh, a, a couple of linemen, instead of doing their normal blocking assignment ahead of them, some of you already know this play, but uh, instead of doing the normal blocking assignment ahead of them, a couple a couple of the really large linemen ran to the right and then went ahead of the quarterback and took out a couple of defensive backs uh, and uh, the uh, the uh, person carrying the ball, his ha- last name happened to be Young. But anyway, we won't say which team it was. But but as he was carrying the ball, uh, eleven yards that led to a uh, touchdown shortly after that. So so uh, assignments for blocking are part of football. So we all deal with assignments in our lives. Uh, in our text this morning, we're going to be reading from Acts chapter twenty-six. In our text this morning, uh, Paul is looking back a number of decades to a completely life-changing assignment that he was given. Uh, the one who gave him the assignment was important. Uh, it was an assignment that completely changed his life. As a matter of fact, uh, he's going to be quite clear. He spent decades focused on completing that assignment. So we're going to be looking together at completing the assignment from Acts chapter 26. We'll read verses 12 through 19, but our points will all come from 17, 18, and 19. So as they did in Ezra's day, would you stand with me in reading God's word, Acts chapter 26, verse 12 through 19. While so engaged as I was journeying to Damascus with the authority and commission of the chief priests... At midday, O king, I saw on the way a light from heaven brighter than the sun, shining all around me and those who were journeying with me. And when we had fallen to the ground, I heard a voice saying to me in the Hebrew dialect, 
and the most of my, the most of the rest of our passage has uh, these words in red in my Bible because it's the Lord Jesus Christ speaking. Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Is it hard for you to kick against the goads? And I said, who are you, Lord? The Lord said, I am Jesus whom you're persecuting. But get up, stand on your feet. For this purpose, I have appeared to you to appoint you a minister, to witness not only, uh, uh, not only to the things which you have seen, but also to the things which I will appear to you, rescuing you from the Gen- Jewish people and from the Gentiles to whom and this is extremely emphatic in, 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 in the Greek. It's to whom I myself am sending you. I myself am apostling you is the, is the Greek verb. To open their eyes so that they may turn from darkness to light, from the domain of Satan to God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance among those who have been sanctified by faith in me. So King Agrippa, I did not prove disobedient to the heavenly vision. Let's bow together for prayer. Father, we come together having opened your word. We came into this place to meet with God. And I'm asking that everyone in this room who has ears to hear, would you let them hear? Holy Spirit of God, would you apply the Word of God to every person who's gathered? I ask it in Christ's name. Amen. You may be seated. As we look at our passage together this morning, we're going to uh, take a moment and return to verse 17 that describes that clarifying call. Clarifying because all the rest of Paul's life was defined by what happened in that moment. And then we're going to look at uh, verse 18 and we're going to find something. I'm using a trendy word right now. Uh, We're going to talk about something that was contagious, but we're going to look at a core of his teaching that Paul carried the rest of his life. It's fascinating to me. And then uh, we're going to go to verse 19, and and I think the word consuming is not too strong by the way Paul describes it in verse 19, and that is he had a consuming commitment to complete the assignment that Jesus had given him. Let's go back to verse uh, uh, 17, but start at verse 12 to remember how we got to verse 17. Uh, some of you will recognize that we're near the end of the book of Acts. Uh, the last major part of the book is describing Paul's uh, arriving in Jerusalem. And so we're in that section of the book. We're at the third telling of Paul's testimony. You remember chapter 9 had when it happened. Then he told the testimony in Jerusalem. And now he's telling the testimony to King Agrippa, a, a, a pagan king, a, a, a Jewish uh Ruler. So he says he was journeying on his way to Damascus, uh, verse 12. Uh, he was, he was engaged in, in fiercely attacking the church. Um, if, if someone is here as a guest today and you say, well now, you know, don't think that I want to be here today. I'm really opposed to, uh, the church. I, I'm opposed to the gospel. Let's see. Uh, 
how long is the list of Christians you've killed? Uh, oh, 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 you're, you're not opposed like this man was. This man was hostile, was leading the opposition to the expanding church. So, so he says, I was furiously engaged in opposing uh, the things of God. Verse 12. Verse 13. Uh, I, I've had the opportunity to be uh, in, in, in this area, uh, 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 Pastor, as, as we were, no, let me see, it was in Sunday school that we were talking about the cedars of Lebanon. And so, so uh, Jim, as you were, where's Jim? Jim, as you were describing the cedars of Lebanon, which way is, where's Jim from Sunday school? He's over here. Here we go, here we go. As he's describing the cedars of Lebanon, the, 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 the desert area just past uh, those cedars, it's just like you would think of a Middle Eastern desert. And so it's at noon and the sun is bright and the sun is shining. So, so, so this is pretty graphic to me because the sun at noon in the desert is pretty bright. And he says there was a light that was brighter than that. And it was the Lord Jesus. Oh my goodness. Think of Revelation chapter one. Okay. So, 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 so a light brighter than the sun and then catch that it says in, in the Hebrew dialect in his own tongue, Jesus calls out to him, Saul, Saul. Uh, we heard a beautiful testimony of how we hear God call, God speak to us. Uh, I'm curious, is there anyone in the room who's in uh, elementary school? If you're in elementary school, would you stand up for just a minute? Okay, I want everybody who's in elementary school to stand up. Because I was in elementary school uh, as young as the youngest. Keep standing for just a minute. I was your age when God's first call came on my life. I was in church. And inside of me, I knew God was showing me that I was a sinner. And I felt convicted of my sin. And so I responded and, and, and the pastor told me about how my sin had separated me from God and, and that Jesus had paid the price for my sin. Okay, you guys may be seated right now. But I want you to know that I was your age when God called His first call on my life. And every one of you who are a follower of Jesus Christ can go back to that call on your life. And can I say, uh, if, he's, if He's called you to be a missionary, or if He's called you to be a Sunday school teacher, or if He's called you to, 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 to minister uh, 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 among the orphans in the, in the community, or, or what other calls He's given you later on, we all know the most important call was the one when He called us to be uh, His follower, Right? Uh, and so that call happened. Uh, and remember, we recognized he was talking to us. Uh, and that's what happened in our text, is, is Paul knew he was talking to him. And then, if you happen to be in a middle school, could I have you stand up for just a minute? Just a minute. You don't have to be up long. If you're in middle school, stand up for just a minute. Okay, so I was your age. Oh, I think there's one more. Okay, we're a little slow getting up, but but for thanks for helping out here, friends. Yeah, well, sometimes friends have to help us. Okay, so here we go. If you're in middle school, I was your age. I was in middle school when some guy came and, and uh, talked about missions. Oh, yeah, that's what's happening right now. And while some guy came and talked about missions inside of me, I knew, God, you're, you're saying that to me. 
And so I was called. You guys can be seated now. So I was your age when God called me uh, to be uh, a pastor missionary. I wasn't sure which one it was going to be. He clarified it over years. I ended up spending 13 uh, years as a pastor. And then and then we were uh, uh, 14 and a half years as field missionaries. And then, and then 15 plus years at the home office. But those calls on my life... As I mentioned, down in verse 17, the text is very, very graphic. It's, it's, uh, uh, I myself, I, I, Jesus speaking, Jesus, King of Kings, Lord of Lords, Jesus, who died on the cross to pay for our sins, Jesus, who in our first call called us to follow Him, Jesus, who, who says, all authority is given unto me in heaven and earth, Jesus, who has the right to give a command, Jesus called Him. First call. And then, Paul's experience wasn't separated by years like mine was. Uh, Paul's experience was at the same time, we find out from this text, it wasn't clear from the other two readings, but we find out from this text that at the same day that he was called to salvation, he was called to apostleship, he was called, he was apostled, he was uh, sent out is the translation of the Greek word apostle. He was sent out by Jesus. Now please hear, uh, not everybody who... who um, uh, not not everyone is called to, to be a vocational missionary. Uh, I, I love I love uh, Philip in the uh, Acts chapter eight because Philip would um, uh, represent those who weren't called to be a missionary. But when life took him to Samaria, he planted the church, and then he was he was specifically told by the angel to go to the desert area, uh, to the deserted road where the Ethiopian eunuch came to faith. You remember the story in Acts chapter 8. So, so, so Tamara, I would say he, he looks like you in that. God didn't say go permanently, but it was your day job. Or as uh, David and Phil shared about their time earlier, uh, that that call was an occasional call. Or, or as we said, Matthew chapter 28. Where, where it's to every Christian that we're looking for chances as we're working at the bank, as we're working at the school, as we're uh, working on the construction site. As, as we walk through life, every Christian is called to make disciples. So here's the deal. In Paul's life, we find it's true for us. God's call on your life clarifies how you should live and what matters most. God's call on your life clarifies how you should live and what matters most. Then verse 18, there's a contagious core. I'm using the word contagious on purpose because for the last two years, we've all figured out uh, from, from so many news accounts of when something becomes contagious and, and when it starts spreading. And so uh, I, I would suggest uh, that that's exactly the right word for verse 18. And then when you're communicating things, sometimes people catch the surface meaning, but they don't get what you're really trying to say as most important. So I'm using that word core. And and I would suggest it's fascinating to me, Pastor Chris, that that uh, as as we look through what Paul dealt with here, actually, it's the core of his theology later. So, so this really was the core of Pauline theology, and it was given to him by, by, by revelation the day he was saved. Wow. 
Uh, notice what he said. He, he talks, uh, the core message that he was being sent with was a message of forgiveness. Um, have you been a Christian so long that you forgot what it was like to know you were separated from your Creator? There might be someone who's here today, and maybe you're maybe you've come to church for a few months or a few years, but you still know that inside you're separated from your Creator. Uh, that's called conviction of the Holy Spirit, and and the truth is 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 until you come to personal faith in Jesus Christ, you'll never know forgiveness. There's nothing else. Uh, 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 it was said beautifully earlier about the uh, world religion, people who don't know God. Uh, there's only one way to be forgiven, and that's through Jesus. Uh, uh, by the way here, Pastor Chris, I think forgiveness points to our justification in the past. Then he describes the inheritance, which would be our glorification in the future. And then he talks about sanctification, God living in us. To complete the Christ life that He calls us to live. Oh my goodness. This is awesome news. The news that people can be forgiven of their sins and be made right with their Maker. That they have an inheritance reserved for them in heaven. And that God comes to live inside of them to live the Christ life through them today. Oh my. This is amazing good news. Uh, uh, my wife and I had the opportunity in, Mar- uh, in May to visit our daughter who serves in Central Asia. And she had said, uh, one of the days we're going to go to a baptism, all right? Well, of course, we were thrilled. And so we were there. We have the pictures on, the, on our phone of uh, 15 uh, Iraqi new Christians from the background of, in Iraq. They were refugees in this country uh, where our daughter serves. And so we watched 15 of them be baptized that day. Uh, those of you who are giving to the Lottie Moon Christmas offering, who have given in the past, can I say, you have participated in the gospel going to the ends of the earth. But can I say that those of you who will be giving this year, you will have a part, because the Bible says we share together when we give to the ministry. You will have a part in this contagious gospel going. Uh, are you aware that there are more Muslims have come to faith in Jesus Christ in the last 30 years than all of the 1300 years before that? God is doing amazing things around the planet and you get to be a part of it by your giving, by your going, by your obedience. There's a contagious core. And then let's end up in verse 19. So Paul, uh, by the way, about the contagious core, let me help you with your, with your outline there. God's message to those around you is core to life. People need to know they're right with God. It's core. It's not a, it's not a peripheral message. Forgiveness and sanctification and inheritance is transforming. God's message to those around you is core to life and is contagious good news. It's spreading like wildfire around the globe today. This is a good day for the church. The gospel is spreading. And then let's conclude in, in verse 19. Because catch how strongly Paul says, King Agrippa, this is, this is decades later. King Agrippa, I did not prove disobedient to the heavenly vision. 
uh, several chapters earlier in, in Acts chapter 20, several, several years earlier, also chapters, several years earlier, Paul had said in Acts chapter 20, 24, that he was working so that I may finish my course. Um, uh, turn with me to Colossians chapter 4, a couple of books to the right. Colossians chapter 4, look at verse 17. Uh, Paul's going to write this two to four, uh, two or three years after our text. So after our text, Colossians chapter 4, uh, verse 17. Say to Archippus, take heed to the ministry which you've received in the Lord, that you may fulfill it. We had a beautiful example today of 50 years after people began fulfilling the ministry they received. And we also had testimony of those who just came back from Moldova on a short-term ministry. But here's what I want you to see from Colossians chapter 4, because Paul encouraged other believers to do the same thing. And that is, if you think you have heard from Jesus Christ what you're supposed to do, take heed that you fulfill it. You, remember you're not going to stand before your mama and your daddy on judgment day. The day you enter into the presence of the King of glory, it's not going to be the pastor that's standing in front of you. When we walk into His presence, we want it to be this joyful experience where we're like those servants who were faithful in the Gospel of Matthew. And they said, look, look at what you did. We're amazed that you worked through us, Lord. Please hear me, brother and sister in Christ. That's what you want to do. You want to be a faithful servant who heard His voice and was diligent to fulfill whatever His call is on your life. Whatever His call is on your life, He's the one that you want to to please. He's the one that you want to obey. He is the highest voice in your life because you made a commitment during your first call and you said, I would follow Him. This was a consuming issue for Paul. Remember, we have some words that he wrote right before he passed away. 2 Timothy chapter 4. If you get a chance to go to that dungeon in Rome, go and see where he probably was when he wrote these words. In that horrible dungeon, he writes, I fought a good fight. I've kept the faith. I finished the course. Can I encourage you, child of God? God's assignment for you calls for a consistent commitment to complete the task. God's call, God's assignment for you calls for a consistent commitment to complete the task. There may be some here today who actually His call is for salvation, that first call in my life. And this morning, you would want to be quick to, res- 
to respond. You would want to find the pastor after the service and say, tell me more, like I did as an elementary school student. There might be some uh, in elementary, I mean in middle school, or else maybe, uh, we won't say what age uh, David Brown is, but at a, at a later stage of life, shall we say. There may be some here who would say, I'm hearing a different call today and it's for me to be uh, more more full-time involved, more specifically involved in missions than I have been. All of us, remember by the Great Commission, are involved in missions. All of us. And But here's what I want you to think of this morning. If, if we would take Paul's testimony as an example, what is he calling you to And what would faithful, focused commitment to completing that call require from you this morning? What a beautiful way to respond to the message by celebrating the Lord's table and remembering His sacrifice, which makes everything else pale in comparison. And then we're going to have a time of response for, for, for most of you, it's going to be a, just you stay right where you are and do business between you and the Lord. Saying, Lord, I have heard my Savior call and I want to complete the assignment. Would you bow with me in prayer? Father, you're the one who has the right to speak into our lives because you're the King of kings and you're the Lord of lords. And you you are seated on the throne of the universe, rightfully so. This morning, would you clarify what you're saying our part is? We just have to tell you, Lord, we can't obey on our own. Would you give everyone in this room grace to obey, to complete the assignment? We ask for that grace in Jesus' name. Amen.